Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to Weird Night. Man, I've got certain information, all right? Certain things have come to light, and, you know, has it ever occurred to you that instead of, uh, you know, running around uh, uh, blaming me, you know, given the nature of all this new shit, you know, this could be a a, a lot more uh, 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 complex. I mean, it's not just, it might not be just such a simple, uh, you know? What in God's holy name are you blathering about? Why'd you read so much? Look at me and tell me what you see. Is this a trick? What you see is a dwarf. If I had been born a peasant, they might have left me out in the woods to die. Alas, I was born a Lannister of Casterly Rock. Things are expected of me. I must do my part for the honor of my house, wouldn't you agree? But how? Well, my brother has his sword, and I have my mind. And a mind needs books like a sword needs a whetstone. That's why I read so much Jon Snow. Back in the studio. It's been a long time since we've been in here, just me and you. Yeah. I went to Tyler this week. You familiar with the Bigfoot liquor store that I'd shown you a picture of before? I've, I've seen the pictures. I've not seen it in person. So That's not in Tyler, though, right? That's No, it's yeah. technically it's Coffee City. Yeah. And... How many times have you been out to this place? I'd never been in. Oh, you just driven by it? Yeah. The, that time that I took that one picture, I was just down there just kind of driving around and saw it and I was like, holy crap, it's funny. Take a picture of that. So 
basically I'd been in Tyler, came back to Dallas, then went back down, kind of took the back way because it was first Monday weekend. Mm-hmm. So tried to avoid 20. And I was uh, kind of surprised. Sadie was in town taking swim lessons all week. So they didn't know, they knew that it was coming in, but thought that I'd be later. So I was just going to kind of just killing some time and then going to show up. And she's taking lessons like south of town. Anyway, <laughs> so it's like, this is a great opportunity to pull up in the rental car into the Bigfoot. Li- I'm, I'm like, I'm going to give them some business, you know? Yeah. Need to get some spirits for the fourth weekend. Yeah, a little patronage. So I pull up and I'm like, the first thing I do is I I pull all the way up right in front of the, the store and I get out and then I turn around and I'm going to take a picture going back the other way. The car's there, the sign's right there. And I'm standing there taking this picture and I'd probably been there like 20 seconds maybe and... This storefront is, I don't know. The way that it is presented is that there are two stores there. There's a place called The Jungle Shop, which has a very, very racist sign. Uh-huh. With like Basically, it looks like the pictures of when I went to the, uh, when we had to broadcast from the very first Tea Party rally out there at South Fork Ranch. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw somebody walking with a sign that had a picture of our president's face on, you know, a Kenyan native. Yes. Some village in Kenya's missing its idiot. <laughs> it was like, it looked like they somebody had drawn like a car. And it was smoking. That's the other thing. This is a head shop, I assume? No. I think, oh, it's not? I think it was a place where you can get animal printed. Anyway, they have a Facebook page because I needed to look them up. Because as I'm taking a picture of the sign, I hear this, what in the hell are you doing in our parking lot? <laughs> and I turn to my right, and there's this. This is during business hours, I assume. Dude. What you would assume is business. It's <laughs> two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And all, you know, Smith County is dry. So you go down there, you cross the lake, and, you know, there's a, you know, Big Daddy is on the left-hand side, Big Daddy Liquor, and then... How in the hell is Smith County still dry? I I grew up in Parker County, which was dry my entire life until a few years ago. And I thought, I, I thought there was no impetus for that to ever turn wet, and it did. How is Smith County, with Tyler in it, still... Well, you can buy wine and beer in Tyler now. You can't buy I, liquor. You know what? I guess that's probably what ha- what has gone on in Parker. I, but, I mean, I've they, been out there in forever. But. They just passed that like a couple of years ago. Yeah. Man, I'm so. telling you, Smith County Justice, man. <laughs> it runs deep. It runs deep. Got a firm grip. But so anyway, I hear this. The hell are you doing in my parking lot? Taking picture of our sign. And I look to my right and there's this dude. Gross. Just a quote unquote woman mm-hmm. a female <laughs> a female of the species at no point had this person ever been called a lady i guarantee you that so skinny so trashy 
jean shorts on a body that did not need Daisy Dukes, tats. I mean, I could practically see the track marks on her arms from where I was. I was going to say, I assume she partaked in the other Smith County pastime. Jeez. She was like, what are you doing taking a picture of our sign? She's holding the door open to this jungle shop looking at me. And I was like, because it says Bigfoot on it. (laughs) (laughs) And she shuts the door and goes back in real quick. And so. She getting a piece? I was like, well, I'm going to take a better picture this time, you know. And then I turned around and I started to try to figure out where the door of this Bigfoot liquor store is because I'm going to go in there. She's over here at this jungle shop, you know. Uh-huh. And then I realized there's not really a a door here. And then I, it's like the front of the store is blue. There's a big yellow sign that has a, a Bigfoot on it and just says Bigfoot liquor. And there's like a double glass door that doesn't have handles on the outside. But I, somebody walks out of there. Uh-huh. And so I start to walk towards that door. She swings that door back open and goes, oh, no, you can't go in the game room. And I was like, what are you even? And she was like, get the fuck off our property. Get the fuck off our property. <laughs> so is this not a liquor store? So at that point, we realized that you can tell when that door opened that it's one of these gaming parlors. Yeah. I cannot imagine that it would be legal for there to be a liquor store and a gaming parlor together. I'm not sure of the legalities of all that, but I mean, I didn't even know those gaming parlors were were still legal anyway. I know they cracked down on those around here. Well, there's one other one when you're... Going back north on 69 before you get to the lake. So it's in that county, yeah. whatever. I can't remember what that line is because that's Lake Palestine right there. Dude, it just supremely disappointed me in the locals. <laughs> get the fuck off our property. So you didn't get to see inside at all? No, I didn't get to get any, I, any Bigfoot lickery. <laughs> I assume these places are connected then, the jungle shop and the Bigfoot I, liquor? I guess so. So I drove less than a block and went into the one that I usually go in. That's not the massive one, but it's a local one. And I asked, uh, there's a older Asian gentleman behind the counter at that one. Get my wares and I go up there and I was like, hey, uh, do you know anything about this? This, uh, you know, where this Bigfoot liquor is down here? And he was like, oh. You know, he's kind of like, like he didn't want to say anything about it. And uh, he was like, do you try to go there? And I was like, well, I just went over there and I was taking a picture in the parking lot. And he goes, very illegal what they do. Very illegal. (laughs) So while I'm standing just outside of that store, I quickly pull up this jungle shop. And I think that's what it was called. I mean, let's not be surprised that they don't have a. No, they do. Because I found their phone number because I called them. 
And yeah, I see Foots liquor, beer, and wine. I'll find it unless it's already been shut down. <laughs> I see a YouTube video: Mayor of Coffee City extorts money from local businesses. <laughs> of course he does. I'm kind of strong-arming some of the local businesses for donations, and so we, we should have a real good fire truck. I've already collected X amount, and it's going to go to the fire department, and uh, that's just the way we do it. And I mean, we've got uh, Lord. even though there's one that's threatening to be reorganizing, quote unquote, or going bankrupt, they they donate too. The pictures on this video are insane. So there you go. I, I don't I don't know what that was supposed to prove. Coffee City Clowns meeting. Mayor of Coffee City using city assets for political pandering. There apparently is someone who has it out for the mayor of Coffee City. Yikes. There might be more going on here than oh, there, there we is. realize. Okay, how weird is this? You want to call him? Here's the jungle in Frankston listed as an amusement and a theme park. Here's the jungle in Frankston listed as a video store. Yes, I was seeing that. Here's the jungle in Frankston listed as a coffee shop. And all of them have the same phone number. What is going on here? Because I called them. I was like, yo, I was just in your in your parking lot. And the lady that answered the phone was like, mm-hmm, I was right here. You copped an attitude. And you, and I was like, look here. I don't know what kind of meth you people are selling out of the back of that place, but I'm on to you. <laughs> I may have used some other choice words. Do you want to give, you want to give them a call? You think they're still up? Oh, this is great. Seedy Liquor Store now has aged beer still on the shelves. Everything that that place had was out of... Uh, was expired. It's got to be the front then, right? Yeah. Okay, so here is a book. This is so great. This is this is the kind of wormhole. This show is terrible. You realize that? Our radio show is terrible. We just literally had 45 seconds of dead air while both of us read amazing things that we found out about Coffee City. But so I Googled Coffee City. No, I, I Googled Jungle, Bigfoot, and Liquor. And like the fourth thing down is a Google Books document called Old Scratch, Bigfoot, the Boogeyman, and the Bottomland. Okay. So I open it up, and you know, it highlights the words. This is the reason that this all showed up in your query. Okay. I was restless and moody after my Vietnam experience, and my wife and I was a stranger. Okay. <laughs> That's not right. I read that wrong. Hold on. I wish it was. That would have been so awesome. I was restless and moody after my Vietnam experience. And my wife said I was a stranger. In 16 weeks, this 19-year-old country boy had gone from high school to jungle warfare 10,000 miles from home. I spent one lonely and unforgettable day alone with a dead enemy soldier on a jungle trail. Experience like that will warp you and change you. Years later, my mood swings and being a loner were diagnosed as post-combat stress syndrome. I spent a lot of days and nights alone, hunting the creeks, bay gals, and river bottoms of East Texas. I seemed to find peace 
from a troubled mind by being alone with nature. Usually a six-pack of beer or a half-pint of liquor would subdue the turmoil in my spirit. I would drink myself into a slumber and try to sleep it off. Too often, though, the whiskey failed to quiet my demon, and then I would grab my single-barrel 12-gauge and walk three or four miles to an area known as Lost Creek. The creek emptied into the Sabine River, close to a place called Steamboat Bend. Bigfoot was now a national phenomenon, and I was privileged to have seen the booger. (laughs) Seriously, a relative named... I don't know, I can't really do it in my real voice now after I've done it in that. A relative named Ed had hunted and fished this area generations before me. He was a well-known bootlegger of corn liquor called B-Dye, and the source of some far-fetched tales of old scratch the booger in the bottom. Never forgetting me and Clyde Hall's run-in with Old Scratch, I had a gnawing desire for another glimpse of the creature. Bigfoot was now a national phenomenon, and I was privileged to have seen the booger. Dude, this looks like a great book. I think, it, thankfully, it did list it as, his name is Cracker Irvin. <laughs> <laughs> Man, my Google alert sensors are going all over the place. Let's get Cracker Irvin on the phone. Absolutely. Ask him exactly what he knows about Bigfoot liquor and the Coffee City conspiracies. So is that the extent of the phone call that you had with that woman was? Do you want to know? Do you want to know? What's that? <laughs> Do you want to know what the uh, what the what the wifey said? Hmm. She just looked at me all deadpan. She's sitting in the car just watching me get screamed at by meth head like, just another day for Clint here. Yep. She just looked at me when I got in the car and she goes, man, that was methed up. <laughs> Solid. So fucking proud of herself. <laughs> yeah, you heard me right. I kind of feel like Cracker Irvin now, but... Being in a situation like that will traumatize you because it bothered me for the rest of the day. I mean, I called them and harassed them. Yeah. I wonder what would happen if we called over there right now. Call it. I wonder if they blocked my phone number. Here goes nothing. You must first dial a 1 and the area code when calling this number. Please hang up and try your call again. Do you want to attempt that again? No. (laughs) That just... Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know what to think about this whole phenomenon of the gambling parlor. Yeah, this is a... uh... But I do know the last time that I mentioned anything about a gambling parlor on this very radio program... I was quickly alerted that the Dixie Mafia may not be too pleased with my loud mouth, so better <laughs> shut it down. And then I go to a liquor store, get screamed at by a meth head, and guess what? Then I decided we were gonna go. We were gonna go find the cemetery, the Scythe Cemetery. That was our next destination. Yeah. And um, so that took some tracking down. How did you in, end up? Well, discovering I, that place again. Remember. It was a couple of weeks ago, and I told you I think I had finally located it. Mm-hmm. 
So when you just look up, you know, cemeteries in Smith County, the ones that show up are like that Oak Hill one, the the really fancy one on Broadway, yeah. the one that has the piano yeah. tomb, which is awesome, and which I drove by like 10 times this week, and I meant to take a picture of it. So it just shows up the ones that show up on a registry or whatever. So I ended up getting into, um, I forget the, it's like the Texas Historical Society, basically. And this has all been done within the last like 10 years where they've started to round up where these quote unquote family cemeteries are to try to locate. A lot of them are to try to locate, you know, veterans Mm -hmm. of wars and such civil war stuff. And honestly, I'd had a long conversation with Chris, a buddy that went out there with me. And he said, all I remember was that it was kind of over there by train. I just, through the power of deduction on this Texas historical site, they basically had the county broke, broken down into quadrants. And uh, this was like a hand-drawn stuff. It was like an actual map, but then somebody had taken a circle, circled an area on the map, put a number there, and then you could correspondingly see what, cemetery was connected to that number so there was this one area right over in that general direction where there's you know road road and then you can clearly tell that the cemetery is at the end of this road and then there's nothing else around it yeah and i was like that's gotta be it did he remember what went on at the at the cemetery did he oh yeah oh yeah remembered it pretty clearly oh yeah no doubt about that he knows it quite well. Anyway, I'd located it a few weeks ago. I was down there. And I didn't want to go by myself, but I thought, you know, hey, I'll take someone here with me to show them a place where. Dude, first of all, we had just gotten yelled at by a meth head at Bigfoot Liquor. Right. So you're keyed up. <laughs> and this place is. It's, again, there's something about East Texas where you don't necessarily have to be that far from anything for you to be isolated really quickly. So when you're taking a county road off of 155 or 31, or I think it's actually off 110, Mm -hmm. uh, you take a county road off of 110 for two miles, and then you take another one for two miles. Well, you're you're in the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. Yeah. At that point, you're about as isolated as you could get. And this, a lot of these places, there's some sort of a community kind of built up around it. We're driving out to this place, and it is obvious that there's nothing. And as soon as we came around this corner, and there was just like one of those no outlet signs, and I was like, this is it. You know, this has got to be it. And immediately the tunnel that I was talking about with the trees over the top of the road. And I sent you the video. Like I pulled the phone out driving up to it. Yeah. You can tell like how just, um, again, really, really isolated. I've shown you the video and I mean, I was trying to do some math the other day and that had to have been 20 years ago. And 
So in that time, at least they had put up the like a wrought iron frame with the name of the cemetery, the family name on it. And then it clearly had been mowed. But as far as like the cemetery, I mean, it was all pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may have been a little bit more overgrown at that time. Definitely more overgrown in terms of like they'd at least trimmed the tree line back to the fence. Yeah, it, uh, from what I could tell, like it, there had been some significant upkeep going on out there. Like it, it looked. Well, and it's a t- Texas historical site yeah, now. It looked I mean, good. I mean, there's a, you know, people who don't live in the state of Texas, anywhere that's kind of important, the Texas Historical Society or whatever, they'll deem an area, uh, a site as a Texas historical site, and they'll put a marker there with kind of a description of why this place is important. Mm-hmm. And they're all over the state, and they're all over as far as like in the middle of nowhere, you'll find them, you know, a lot of times you'll be driving down the highway and you'll see, it's almost like state law that they kind of let you know that there is something that direction. There's a little brown sign. I think it is that always that says historical marker that way, but it doesn't give you any other, you know, sometimes it's just places that are right off the road. Sometimes it's a park or obviously a lot of it has to do with early settlements and all that. And the one that was, at this place is right there in the middle of the graveyard and I'm assuming that that marker was this guy's grave Mm -hmm. I mean why else would that have been there yeah Uh, and he started the county so this is a fairly significant yeah cemetery I mean yeah and he didn't share the last name now the other interesting thing is by looking up the cemetery you can see exactly who's buried there Almost everyone that's listed has the same last name. Mm-hmm. And when I was originally looking at that list and like I could see, you know, I saw several young, saw infant, infant, three-year-old, four-year-old. Yeah. The really weird thing is, dude. So I was looking at the graves of the people that were buried there and I was like, okay, I wonder Let's just say that maybe the, the the person that I saw was a ghost, right? Okay. Which I don't necessarily think that it was. If it was, that ghost be solid, yo. <laughs> so I am looking kind of at the, trying to find the oldest person that's in there. And I'm kind of looking and I'm Googling a few names. And there's a picture that pops up from Ancestry.com. And I thought that I was looking at that guy. He had overalls on. (laughs) So I was thinking in my head, like, why would he have a scythe? Yeah. So I start kind of doing some research on corn production in the area within two miles of that place is technically where Chapel Hill is and Chapel Hill corning was the like the first and oldest 
um, corn production facility yeah. in East Texas. You want to talk about falling down a rabbit hole? I mean, was the guy that you found was he one of the family? Like, was he part of that? Yeah, that family. It stands to reason that maybe I mean, even if you weren't looking at a ghost, you could have been looking at a a relative. Yeah, that you know shared some similar traits. The creepy thing to think of is those people who you saw are most likely buried there now. You want to look at it that way. What do you mean? You mean like that old lady and the man? I I would have to you, assume that they've probably passed away at this point, right. right? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if in fact they were people... Um, <laughs> Corporeal. ...that were no longer living. I love the old cemeteries around here. Yeah, you were... Uh, we were discussing you had stumbled across one, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was up visiting uh, a friend on some of their family property up near Pilot Point, um, Lake Ray Roberts, kind of on the shore of Lake Ray Roberts. And we were going through the woods and stumbled across a cemetery. There were, you know, maybe half a dozen headstones that were visible there. Uh, I don't know if the others had been uh, washed away because it was within the area where when they dammed up the lake, um, it would have been flooded at some point. We were, you know, maybe 50 yards away from the shoreline. So the things that were there were fairly old. And I want to say I've got a picture. I need to see if I can uh, read the date on it. But, uh, you know, you're talking about. Do you think that you could. This one says 1866 on it. Elliot is the last name here. There was some, you know there were, there was something there before the town of Pilot Point really became established. There was another settlement there, which I believe is where those people came from. The reason that I asked you if it was a slave, if it looked like it was a slave cemetery was because obviously those are like the last ones to get recognized. Yeah. Or if it was... This one felt like more of a family plot or something. It was not marked in any way. You uh, you literally are, are walking through the woods and there are suddenly headstones in the middle of the woods. There's no gates. There's no... I mean, and this is, I think, still technically on his on his family's property that it's out there. So it's not it's not a place you can necessarily go to. You have to know where it is, and I would be shocked if it were. Li- it may be listed somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. Um. I. But it was not. There was nothing. Uh, there naming, naming it as a, a cemetery of, of any of any way at least not anymore I don't, I don't know have you been out to aurora at all aurora where the alien is buried do you know this story remind me there's a town called aurora in wise county and in the late 1800s there was a tale of a 
a spacecraft crashing, hitting a, a windmill, I believe it was, and crashing on a farm. And the alien being inside was dead. And the body was taken and buried at Aurora Cemetery. And there was a headstone there. Um, I forget what it said on it, but it said something to the effect of this being crashed in a in a spacecraft in 1890-something. And uh, it, the, it, the headstone had been stolen. You know, I mean, idiots being idiots had stolen the headstone a number of times until they finally just took it down. And you, you have to know where it is to... The grave's not marked anymore. You have to kind of know where in the cemetery it is. But there is one of those historical markers out front that says, you know, it talks about this, the town talks about the cemetery and one line and it says, and there is rumored to be an alien body buried here. Um, well, I, I definitely remember that story. Is that the, um, is that like where they got the Genesis for that Cowboys versus aliens? It, I mean, it may be. Yeah. It's very, it's very much in that, in that time frame. Um, and here, you know, I, I mean, there's a lot that goes, I'd have to do a little bit more research. Maybe we should uh, come back around to that at some point, because there's a lot that goes into that story as far as they tested the crash site and found strange metal there that shouldn't, shouldn't be there. You know, all the, all the hallmarks of a, of a quote unquote spacecraft crash landing. There is quite a, quite a bit more than just the the body that was that was found and buried, and I believe the people who lived there uh, developed very aggressive cancer. Really, I, I want to say like there, there was some thought that the well had been poisoned by the spacecraft crashing nearby, and I want to say that they. The family there, uh, a few of the members died from very a, a, a very aggressive form of cancer, um, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, I just, apparently, all the way up until 2008, they, the Cemetery Association wouldn't permit for a body to be exhumed. So this is actually, this is where I've seen it. The 2011 season premiere of Ancient Aliens titled Aliens in the Old West. Yes, yeah, yeah, it was featured in that. In fact, Jim that, Mars. So that's, uh, how, that's how I knew about it. Jim Mars is the one that tells that story. The author, uh, Jim Mars, from that from that part of the... Okay. Um, from Springtown, where I grew up. Okay, and this says... Uh, there's a KDFW report. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Richard Ray interviewed former Fort Worth Star-Telegram reporter Jim Mars and other locals. Jim Mars, who also reported on the Lake Worth Monster story for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. That's what I was going to ask you. We should get that guy up here. I want to talk to him so badly. I met him once when I was, you know, he he uh, he wrote the book Crossfire, which was the first thing I ever read about the... the uh, JFK conspiracy, the assassination conspiracy. Have you, dude, this guy's got a kick-ass beard. Yeah, he's awesome. He, he's he's super cool. So my mom 
being the librarian, uh, brought in local authors to speak. And so he's, I don't think he's, uh, he lived in Parker County for a while or, or nearby. Um, so she brought him in. I was huge into his books. I loved all his, he wrote a book about alien conspiracy and, um, like I said, crossfire. And so she brought him in one time and I got to meet him and, and speak to him a little bit. He, you know, wrote me a little message in one of my books and, uh, I'd love to talk to him again, but yeah, he was, he was featured on that ancient alien show that, that was one of the first things they did. Well, that took an interesting turn. Yeah. Aurora's cool though. I mean, when you, I, I know vaguely where it is. I don't know uh, exactly where the, where the grave is located, but I know sort of the general area. And we went out there a few years ago and just sort of walked around and, now, see why I really remember this is it's probably in that ancient aliens thing where they're talking about how, you know, it was a cigar shaped craft. Mm-hmm. That's how it was reported. And then you flash forward to what, what was that, 2012 in Stephenville? Yes. And it was the same yeah. type of craft. Maybe it's because the air came on, but I'm a little bit chilly. <laughs> we haven't really delved too hard into into alien talk here, but it's one of the things that... Well, when we did, I pissed a lot of people off, so... <laughs> it's definitely one of the things that, that creeps me out the most to think about. Aliens? They do. I don't know, for whatever reason. I, I think it's just the idea of another, of another sentient being. Mm-hmm. On 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 or beyond your level of understanding, like in your in your same same space. Yes, yes, creeps me out so much further beyond your level. Yeah. Well, I've made it pretty obvious how I feel about at least the theories that are put out there, mm-hmm. and um, I was telling you, I. Uh, that you needed to check out the Hidden Pyramid show. Yeah, I haven't got to see it yet. Okay, hold on two seconds. Mm-hmm. I want to pull up that uh, that story about that uh, college kid that found the... Now they're saying that there's not a pyramid out there? Are you talking about the guy that found it, that uh, discovered the thing? Yeah, he's like... On Google Maps or whatever? Google Earth? Yeah, and he was... So he didn't actually find anything? Dude. Here's the crazy thing, man. (laughs) I mean, there's already a Snopes page about this. (laughs) And like, you real... Okay, so you know how he found it. Yeah. Is that he put the Pleiades star cluster down on known pyramids and was like, there's a spot that's missing... Look on Google Maps. There's something right there in the jungle. Yeah, there was a, a square shape or something like that in the in the jungle. So here's my thought. Is there a cover-up underway? I, if he just finds a pyramid in the jungle, cool beans. But the moment that you start doing that, saying, oh, look, the Pleiades star cluster lines up exactly right with it. 
People don't like that kind of talk, man. Yeah. They don't like to talk about the fact that changes the conversation. If you look up on Mars, you know where that you know where the 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 famous face photo is? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that area of Mars is they call it the the city because yeah. it's just like one part of there's several weird things right there that also match up with the Pleiades star cluster. There's all of these areas all over the globe where the history of the Indian indigenous people say the people that taught us what was going on, they came from right there and they point to the Pleiades. Yeah. And then their buildings line up with the Pleiades. It makes people very uncomfortable. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a great way to debunk it. I'm sure there is. I'm sure people people will hold on to that dogmatic stuff so hard that they will craft and create arguments that can slam anything down. Well, even even that. I mean, it's it's well it's well known that we as humans find patterns in literally everything. So you don't even have to go that far as to say people are are trying to keep the status quo. I mean, it's it's easy enough to say, yeah, you could look you could throw a bunch of rocks on the ground and pick out a pattern, a star pattern in it if you wanted to. I don't I don't necessarily believe that's what's going on, but you know, I I do think if you talk about things that you know, like Bigfoot, uh, I see I see pictures where people say there's a face here in in the woods, mm-hmm. and it's like no, those are shadows. Like you just you see a face. I totally understand that. Yeah, but then at the same time, it's just just like with Bigfoot and Kathy Strain's book, where it's like here's the Native Americans people that are saying that this thing right. existed, right? And yeah. then we're in this area and. There's all these sightings all the way up until right now. So it's like either they're all they're all just batshit crazy. They're all just making it up. It's all horse ass. When the people who live in the area, the people who have been there hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, maybe longer, we don't really know. Again, let's not let's not start acting like we know how old the earth is. Yeah. When the people that are in the area say that place, people came from the Pleiades, the seven sisters or whatever, and gave us knowledge. That's our creation story. And then when people on the other side of the globe say the exact same thing. Yeah, I I think the biggest I think the biggest thing that holds people back. From that type of stuff is not even my brain can't process that there are aliens. I think there is a very strong I'm trying to think of how to say it of almost a a hubris to it like we we as modern people should know better than what these ancient people talked about. Like this is ancient, you know, whatever, ancient religion and maybe there's an anti whatever sentiment about like we shouldn't believe what these crazy these people living in the jungle who had sticks and and rocks as tools are saying about their about what their history is clearly we as modern humans should know better well yeah we're the culmination of human history nobody has ever been as great as we are right now yeah. obviously especially not these fucking savages yeah. that lived here so i that think we had to clear off of this place yeah. so that we could rule it yeah. Yeah. Let's not. It's 
it's not just that I think that people aren't smart enough to take it. It's that, yeah, it does mess with your, again, with your concept of what it means to be human, our origin story, what we're doing here, religion. And again, I'm one of the most religious people you will know. Take it however you want it. Spiritually, yeah, I'm right there, right? Yeah. But the thing that stops down people is once you get in your head that you have a concept of an abstract thought and you fixate on it and that becomes law, that is dogma, you become dogmatic about it and then you stop any kind of addition to that theory yeah. and somehow some way invalidates it. And that's not, I, I just don't look at it like that. I don't think that by, I, I don't think that by expanding our knowledge at any point invalidates everything that I've ever done. No, no, I think, I mean, this is a whole bigger discussion, but I think, well, it needs to be discussed. <laughs> the way the way I, I look got at- yelled at by a meth head. I've been in a car accident. <laughs> I had two cases of squatch eye. New shit has come to light. <laughs> <laughs> New shit has come to light, man. Now with all this extra information, man. <laughs> but yeah, I do, I do feel like a lot of you know when it comes down to religion and spirituality, I think people are are expressing the same ideas in different ways. Sure, like they that we are all. I won't say we're all, but people who who have some as, some aspect of religion in their lives will be that whatever, be that the most you know dogmatic Christianity. I think we're all trying to express the same ideas. We just don't really understand. Like those ideas are way bigger than anything that we can say, you know. And the the people two thousand years ago, three thousand years ago, that were building pyramids and saying this is where people came from. I think we're all try we're all pulling in the same direction. We just don't really know it. We don't really understand. Yeah. Well, that. Look. There's something very 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 comforting about religion in terms of let's say our parents' religion. Let's mm-hmm. Just put it that way. Let's just say organized religion. There's something very comforting about the church. Tribalism. People going there, you know, community. Yeah. Community. You see Texas up there from your high horse. <laughs> and I appreciate that. And I've been a part of that. Kind of still am in some yeah. way, shape, or form. And it's important. It is. Again, because you're a part of that. The one, the oppression of other people because it conflicts with your religious beliefs, fuck that. Yeah. Fuck that. Fuck that. That's terrorist bullshit. Yeah. It's the same thing as claiming that your God says it's okay for you to go and kill innocent people. Fuck that. And, and, and let's, let's not get it twisted. Religious oppression from the quote unquote right side of certain religion has oppressed people all over the place, you know, or, you know, from the Crusades to, again, the Indians here, 
if you were a Native American and you lived here and some white people showed up, their justification for getting rid of your ass was that you were a savage. Yeah. And you're a savage and you're a savage and you're not really a human. You're a savage. It's like you're not really a person. You're a slave. It's why New Orleans rocks because one day a week, all of the slaves would be able to go and practice all of their religion in a tiny little area in the middle of New Orleans. And from that, that tribalism comes jazz. Yeah. So when I see that there's immediate, the idea that people need to feel like they need to squash information or knowledge because it may interfere with the fact, may interfere with just what they believe about life or after the afterlife. Why would it make any difference? No, I don't. If, I, I don't think that. If this kid found a pyramid in the in the jungle, and 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 honestly, he really did find a pyramid, like Indiana Jones type stuff, which is, again, we're talking about if Bigfoot can be in the damn jungle, there sure as shit can be pyramids down there in South America that we can't find because the jungle's so thick. Yeah. He uses a star map to, again, not just any, let's put star clusters, it's the Pleiades star cluster. Finds this area and says, "There's, I think there's a pyramid there. We were like, and you found it because of the stars. Sirens going off. If, if because this kid finds a pyramid in the woods would, and somehow connecting it to the stars means that somehow that offends Jesus. I don't know. But the idea of, and it very well could just be a field. I don't know. I haven't been there. Yeah, but it but it cracks me up that there's immediately like this. Nope, no, nothing to see here. Yeah. And again, it's not that every fucking thing is alien related, you know, just like. No, and (laughs) it's not and it's not to say that again, when you're dogmatic about your principles and your beliefs and everything is alien related, you're wrong. Well, yeah. And the reason that you argue that. You know, there's a Denny's next to La Quinta because it matches up with the twin stars. That's the reason. That- yeah, uh, that's that's one of the things that that drives me crazy about that idea is just as you can be dogmatic to say it's nothing. I, I also don't think that you can take every single thing that that an ancient culture says as the complete truth is what happened. You know, just as you can't do it with us. Right. Uh, I don't think I, I think there's this uh, in that in that world. I think there's this very strong, uh, strong belief that everything that got written down or everything that got passed along is the facts like it, like it's impossible for a tribe or a culture to make up a story. Back then, they were just telling the complete truth about everything that happened. Like it's impossible for them to have made up made up tales the same way that we do. Right. Um, so I, I do think there's this very preponderance of believing every single thing that gets said and trying to match up, like, you know, make every single thing fit into that pattern. Totally. When, you know, like I'm I guarantee there was art and there were creative people who looked at the world around them and said, how could this be different and thought of different ways to to express that? Totally. Now, was that coming from some 
some other place somewhere way down the line? Maybe. I don't know. The thing that is interesting about it is that there's a history of mysticism being squashed by, I mean, let's be honest, like by the Catholic Church. I mean, the Council of Nicaea voting on what to put in the Bible Mm -hmm. and the Gnostic Gospels being left out. And that's why we have a hole in Jesus was a baby, now he's 33. Right. And if you want to read some awesome stuff, read some of those Gnostic Gospels about little Jesus with his magic powers. Right. Flexing. Yeah. Like him getting angry as a kid by seeing a bully picking on another kid and basically like knocking the dude over with his mind being like, whoa. And then also walking out and just being like the little kids making little clay pigeons by the by the river. And Jesus just walked out there and went boom and turned them into birds. Right. Real Anakin Skywalker type stuff. <laughs> Again. That only makes Jesus more awesome. It makes Jesus more human yeah. to see Jesus with this God in the flesh. But again, why would you cut out 33 years of history? You know why? Because most people, before they're 33, do stupid stuff yeah. and make mistakes and act human. Right. They're not infallible. Which again, if you're going to be human, are you going to be human? Yeah. I didn't mean to turn that into just <laughs> against that. I just, that pushback of... Settling on, like you said, settling on dogma, whether it's this end of the spectrum or the other end. Like the whole reason that I was in Abilene was because it was the anniversary of our, I basically spoke about the philosophy department at a place where people had argued for there to be a philosophy department yeah, and had violent opposition to it for years and years and years because what's it going to do to our fragile student body if they are actually thought to expand their thinking about subjects in life and just the thought that they wouldn't allow it. Think about that. Yeah. That the idea of, Hey, let's take a look at, Hume and Descartes and would you be, are you scared? Are you scared that people are going to hear that and then somehow they're not going to believe in what you're trying to push, I guess, yeah. a, at, a, at a higher learning university? That was the whole reason I was there. And it's a case study in how humans what do they always say about the kids in the rumspringa, the Amish kids that, you know, they're like deprived of everything is suppressed from them. Right. And then they get out in the world and it's like, <laughs> it's the same way with knowledge because I really honestly, I believe that. 
don't want to say that most people, because I don't know that that's true, because I got yelled at by a meth head at Bigfoot Liquor, and that person did not seem interested in higher learning. But, you know, like you said, you loved these books as a kid. The idea and concept of being kept information, knowledge being taken away from you or your access to it being removed. Yeah. Like that that kind of oppression is scary. Yeah. And good God, what what kind of knowledge have we lost because of the fire Alexandria in Alexandria? Yeah. What did Hitler do? I mean, well, you, all you have to do is look at what's happening now in the Middle East. Yeah. Where ancient and museums and ancient sites are being completely destroyed and toppled. Who knows how many years of, of art and history are being completely wiped out because someone someone has decided that it doesn't fit their worldview. And what was it that the Nazis were looking for? And then what else did they do? They got rid of it. They burned it. Yeah. Why? Because once you're able to have that kind of knowledge and you're able to keep people in the dark, quote unquote, and it doesn't mean that he knew, you know, that they found something that was like some ancient scroll that said that what are the two aliens from the Simpsons came down and got this whole thing rolling. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just, just the idea of concepts not being shared. Well, I mean, it's anything that doesn't fit what you're selling your population. I made a lot more enemies today, <laughs> especially with that crackhead at the liquor store. <laughs> he is not at all interested in pyramids in the woods. No. Unless they also have a gaming parlor attached to them in the back. You know, it's funny. We, you, you know, I was t- telling you that we had a uh, early season Game of Thrones playing right before I left tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my favorite lines, one of the one of my lines that hooked me in that show is uh, they're on the road to the wall and they're up there pretty far in the north and Tyrion's with them and he's reading and Jon Snow in his very doltish way. Why do you read so much? He goes on to enumerate, what do you see when you look at me? How can I best serve my house? And But he comes around to saying that I'm a dwarf. I'm not big and strong like my brother, who's the best swordsman in the land. Da, 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 da. What do I have? I have my mind. A mind needs books like a sword needs a whetstone. Right. But there's also something really interesting that happens right there afterwards. They're kind of talking about what else lies beyond the wall and the because they're in the forest and it's spooky. And Tyrion, the smartest man in all of Westeros, in my opinion, is the one who's like, come on, you're a smart boy. You don't believe all those stories of grumpkins and snocks. Yeah. He's the one that scoffs at it. Right. The smartest one, you know, who I think is just laying down knowledge there. And then, again, when it comes to that supernatural shit, he's like, 
Well, I think, I mean, I think that's probably the most important lesson for anybody, which is we all have our blind spots. Like everybody. Everybody has something that they will just dismiss out of hand without properly trying to understand it. And I don't, I, I mean, I honestly don't care who you are. I think everybody has that. Mm-hmm. And however open minded you think you are, like, I, th- I think there is a, there is also a portion that says, well, I'm open minded, but this this person isn't or this or this person's, you know, beliefs don't matter. So I, I do think like that's something that I mean, that's that's a very important takeaway from that scene is like we all have things that we I mean, it helps because in, in that fantasy world, everything is real. Again, like, there's nothing that's not, not real. But if you could just put Tyrion Lannister quotes down. In a book, I'm happy. I think they have. I'm sure they have. <laughs> you know, it's funny if you uh, are reading the books. Basically, Tyrion for the first three books is just like the Tyrion show, and then he goes away mm-hmm. because, unlike how they've done it in the show, where they'll, you know, they're not just going to let Peter Dinklage go a year without seeing him. You know, right. You get these guys under contract and you're there's a lot of book readers that that's like one of the most frustrating things is there wasn't the ever couple of chapters Tyrion coming in and slicing and dicing people with his words yeah i need to take a quick bathroom break because i've had a lot of he said he's had enough of this shit (laughs) we can use this opportunity to to transition did that I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. It's actually, yeah. That, like, it felt really good. I didn't come across, like, too much of a dick, did I? Uh, no, I don't think so. Like, you didn't feel it? Really? No, no, I don't think so. Okay. But I, I do think, I do think there is a tendency, I think, to just to blame all the modern ills on hardcore Christianity. And I, I push back against that. I appreciate that. Cause that's not the way that I wanted to come a, across, a I guess. Um, I, I, th- I, I do think like there's this again, like I was saying, I think there's this tendency to be like, whatever a Christian thinks is probably is wrong. And I don't, I don't necessarily. Do you think that, that like that, that's my tendency oh, or like someone who, considers themselves hard right or whatever. Like I, I do think there's there's a tendency there. Oh, you mean hard left against Christianity? No, I mean like anyone who is is fundamentalist Christian or or to be against them. What's that? You're saying like the to blame Right. Yeah. Okay. Cause you do know like I like you know I've been in the pulpit before. No 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 I'm I'm but I'm saying like like I, I also like I felt like there was a very strong like, yo know, Christians have been bad for I I understand the truth behind that, but I also I do think there's like almost a I I won't say a revisionist history, but I, I as like I'll I'll say like this very this willingness to ignore the good things about it. Yeah, no, 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 and, no, no. Okay, and want to say well because the crusade happens a thousand years ago then. Like it's it's equal to that's one of the things that frustrates me the most when people call in and be like, well, you know, Christians had crusades a thousand years ago. And it's like, OK, but we're also not 
cutting people's off, cutting cutting heads off right now. So I, I don't I don't know that I also necessarily apples and oranges. I also don't think that those people were Christians. Yeah, that's that's where I come from. Yeah, I feel like the Jesus that that we're supposed to be following is like he's been. Yeah, well, I mean, look, look at the fact that the fucking money changers in the temple. You want to see the real Jesus when he gets pissed. That's yeah. when you can get the best lesson out of him. Yeah. And what aggravates him more than anything is those, the Pharisees who were the people who claimed that they knew all the shit about the, the old law and they were the most holy and most righteous and they're fucking robbing people, you know, and yeah. using the church to take advantage of the poor. And he's like, this is fucking bullshit. I'm flipping your table over. Yeah. I'm, I'm kicking your ass. Now that Jesus, see, I don't think it's fair that that Jesus who I completely identify with the one that was like practically an outlaw uh, who totally bucked the system. I mean, he was as against organized religion as a person could be that he is the one that his, not only his name has been used to horrific ends. Yeah. His name has been used for a lot of good, obviously, but that's, why I get like, I, I didn't even want to say, like, I didn't even want to say it was Christians because I don't feel that if you act that way, you're Christian. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, that's why when I was like, I didn't, I didn't know what word to use, but like the old Catholic church to me is just, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And, and they and, had and, no and, fucking and, idea what they were talking about. I also, I also like, I, it's one of the things that disgusts me the most when people will call into the show and be like, well, you know, the Bible told me that that homosexuals are, you know, need to die or, or there's a guy that calls in and, and blames the homosexual agenda on, you know, bringing hell upon earth. And it's like, Oh, you mean in the times of Noah in the ancient floods? <laughs> yeah, exactly. When giants and exactly. Goliath, God poisoned the waters of the Goliath I, babies. I, I think back to like growing up, you know, going to, I mean, I, I look at my own little microcosm where I come of from course. a town of, three Baptist churches and one Methodist church. And I went to the Methodist church and I think about the stuff that I heard in there. And then I would leave and I would hear the stuff that like a hardcore Southern Baptist friend would tell me and be like, you're going to hell cause you're going to the Methodist church. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And the thing is, is <laughs> I came from a place where you guys were all going to hell. Like yeah. I, the church of Christ is way more hard- hardcore than y'all. Yeah. We, uh, we had, because y'all had councils that told you what to do. You had a convention. I mean, yeah. You want to talk about getting his like salt to the earth, hardcore, you know, the old joke about being up in heaven and, you know, there's the Baptists and there's the Methodists and there's the, shh, it's the Church of Christ. They're the only ones that think that they're here. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about it. But what I was trying to say in that in terms of like the keeping people away from certain types of knowledge makes you ravenous towards it when you get access to it. No, yeah. That's the way that I was. Like once yeah. I all of a sudden I was had some concepts open to me at an age where I was aggressive about looking into things. I don't think that it did the good stuff that I was taught justice, you know, and then I feel like I had to just have had to go back and scramble it all up again, you know? And yeah. and now uh I, I love the fact that my parents go to church and I love that they 
I love that they have a place where they help people and they could have help if something happened. I couldn't be more pleased with that. That's, I mean, it's one of the things that I don't understand. And I think it's just like been like religion has become so wrapped up in politics. And again, I think back to going to church and I'm like, they didn't teach me to hate anybody. I, I don't know what was going on elsewhere, but I, I know in, in my church, they never preached about, you know, what that certain people are, are they're sinners and like, you know, they're, they're people who are beyond hope or, or other religions or anything like that. Like I, none of that was right. taught, was taught to me. It was all, it, it was always taught like, you know, well, you know, this is, the, this is the Jesus story and that, you know, you love, you love your fellow man and, and, and things like that. And so like when I hear these people call up, that's usually how I interact with folks. It's hate and anger, man. I was like, where is this? Where are you learning this? Like, are you learning this? Are you going to a church that's telling you this? Are you reading this on the, I, th- I mean, I think people are reading this on the internet, but. I think there's a lot of internet emails. Yeah. The fact that, the fact that we're in an area where we're in the Bible belt, an area that's generally conservative. Let's face it, an area where race relations, you know, there are still people, there are people our age whose parents teach them to hate black people. Yeah. And when this was the, the biggest thing about 2008 to me and having to deal with that, because that couldn't have been further from the truth from my religious upbringing. In fact, we went to the Black Church of Christ uh, once every two months, and it was always way more fun than any of our churches. They were making offhanded sexual jokes about, now we know what Brother Price would be doing when he get home now. Yeah. You know, um, and I thought that was thought this terrific. But, and I mean, I played basketball, you know, my dad, you know, my dad was a referee, so we were, I was always around. But the fact that we're in this area and there is a, obviously, the Christian angle towards it. You know, there was a plan in 2008 to not let Barack Obama become president. And the way that they were going to play it up was twofold. One, that his religion and two, yeah, his color. Yeah. And that they honestly thought that it would be easier to convince people that this dude was a Muslim because he's black and that that would just freak white people out, you know, and that yeah. they would overwhelmingly go to the polls and keep him from being elected. But the, the shit that I heard on the phone about, you know, I mean, how many mornings did I tell you just how I, it like made me hate the human race, honestly. You, you still hear it. Like, yeah, you, totally. You, you, you totally still hear it. Still hear it. And, and you're right. The whole the religion and politics thing. That's the whole fucking reason that we we're over here in the first place is because we didn't want the church and the crown to be intertwined. And yeah. it's brilliant that that high septon bullshit that's going on in Game of Thrones that manipulating people in the. It's so funny if you look at all the religions of Westeros. You know, you have the. The old gods, the weirwood trees and all that, the children of the forest stuff, which is very like Native American, you know, very tied to the earth. Yeah. You have the Lord of Light who, dude, something's going on there. You know, that dude's healing people and you got shadow babies coming out of people. And, <laughs> yeah, there's something real there. But the seven, it's like, I think this is a, such a genius way of looking at it. 
you know, you have the the the, the warrior who is a punisher, but the mother who's, you know, shows mercy. And then you have the, it's like, because of that, you can pull it any way you want. You know, yeah. you could say that your religion is telling you to do whatever. Because yeah. There's I mean, some, there's it gives something you to ca- justify it. Cart fucking yeah. blanche. Yeah. I, I do. I, I mean, what I hear most from people or like what I interpret most from people is that people who call me and say, we're all going to hell because of, of the gays or we're all or whatever. I, I I just hear them expressing their own opinions and then wrapping that up in religion as a way to justify it. Yeah. When, when it doesn't, I mean like what they'll quote you something from the old Testament, which isn't even really supposed to apply uh, all that much anymore. Um, so like they'll, I thought God got, I thought Jesus got rid of that. Yeah. But they started a new covenant, brother. But that doesn't matter because they find a quote to justify whatever. Like, I mean, I'm sure you could pull out any line from the Bible and justify any sort of behavior you want or justify any sort of. Uh, well, sin. of course, we're not supposed to be around women when they're menstruating either. <laughs> exactly. I mean, seriously, yeah. we're not. The kinds of things that you would get stoned for in the old. T- Don't talk to me about Leviticus. Because, buddy. Let's walk over to your house and let's figure out what you're doing wrong from Leviticus. We were talking about some high septum bullshit. Yeah. You know, that is Leviticus. Yeah. So uh, I, I I just want to be like, okay, so what you're telling me is you dislike black people. Like, that's what I'm hearing. You, you wh- dislike black people. No one's telling you this, but you're fine. You're, you're saying, I feel this way. There must be a reason I feel this way. Oh, this, I, I can find a justification for it over here. And then I can make other people believe that, or other people do believe it, and I, I want to join in with them. You want to hear one of the most racist things I ever heard? Was the story of Cain and Abel. And, you know, since Cain killed Abel, there was a mark put on him. Uh-huh. And that's where black people come from. <laughs> that's unbelievable. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? I, um... Uh, I get so aggravated and kind of a deep-seated anger at the misuse of God and Jesus for all the ills in the world and to think about all the kids that have been abused under that crown. And and I don't ever mean for it to come off as that I think that it's bullshit because I don't think it's bullshit. I know that there's... I know there's so much good going on within so many different churches all over the world and just in people's hearts, you know. Uh, I'm I'm a big proponent of the the one thing that goes across all religions is the golden rule. Treat people like you would want to be treated. Basically, if you do that and you're not like some sadomasochist, then yeah. you should be good. I am being a person who I uh, was a youth minister. I, I baptized people before. Yeah. And to think about all the like young, impressionable minds that have been twisted up because of the bastardization of something that should be beautiful. Yeah. Drives me insane. Well, that's and that's like the way I look at it is and it's just probably just the way I look at the world in general. I'm generally an optimist. Yeah, me too. I'm sorry that I. (laughs) and, and I And I look at it like if if I hear from somebody. I hate this person because of religion or I, I hate this group because of religion. I, I look at that and I say, that's a problem with you. Mm-hmm. That is a problem with the way you look at the world. Mm-hmm. 
and you are you are bastardizing this this thing, which is ultimately, I mean, ultimately just a thing. Ultimately, it's just a community of people, right? Mm-hmm. You can't. It's not good or bad. It is what it is, and it teach and it should teach you a certain moral foundation, and that like it it should be pulling in a good direction. But really, it's what you make of it. I look at that and I say that's a, that's a failing with you. And then I look at like my neighbors, or I look at my family, who's you know, parts of my family who are very religious and they are the nicest people you will ever meet in the world. Like people who you would want in your life. Totally. And it's like, okay, you guys get it. Like you guys are taking the right things from it. And I don't know, like, I I guess I just look it, it, it doesn't even take religion out of it. Just don't be a fucking dickhead. Right. Don't be an asshole. And like this whole, like (laughs) so many things are solved. If you just don't be an asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just like how I feel like Jesus and God and the church has been used in inappropriate manners a lot. The use of racism. It's like creeping racism, spreading that among people where you have an older population that isn't familiar with the fact that everything that you fucking read on the Internet isn't true. Yeah. Or that everything you see on TV isn't entertainment anymore. You know, when they come from a time when there were three channels and you goddamn better well be on there telling the truth or they'll boot your ass, you know, so they believed every fucking thing that was told to them Yeah. to see the email chains that would come through. And then I would just reply all with like, this is the most racist thing I've ever read in my entire life. And you know what? Like most of the people that were on that list in some way, shape or form were connected to me through some sort of church organization. But it's like, I, again, if you're going to prey on people's fear, fuck you. Yeah. And if you're going to oppress people, fuck you. You know, that's evil. And th- I mean, th- th- that's what we're fighting against. Yeah. And I I can't tolerate it. I can't tolerate manipulation. And, and there is a certain amount of manipulation. And when it is driven by hate or... Well, it's always driven by hate, but, yeah. you know, for seedy fucking purposes, nothing makes me angry more than that yeah. because, you know, you can't fuck over old people and you can't fuck over little kids. Yeah. You know, it's like LP said, dude, whoever, whatever that Lord is, couldn't give a fuck if you ever made fortunes. Fuck anybody ever trying to run that bum shit. Send them to the flames where the orcs live. <laughs> I, I I feel I feel equally disgusted by this. I mean, holier than thou is not the right word because they're not holy, but like this sort of real hardcore atheist. Every single every single religious person is a piece of shit. I, I put I I hate that so much. Like I hate the inability for someone to see the humanity in another in another human and recognize that just because you happen to identify yeah, yourself I, as Jewish or as Christian or as Buddhist or Muslim or whatever, that you are therefore incapable of being an intellectual person, understanding the world around you. I don't get that either. I don't get the, uh, the over-scientification of America. You can be just as dogmatic about being an atheist and just as by the book that person believes in Jesus will obviously, you know, you're racist too. And you do that, you know, yeah. that's horse shit. Yeah. But again, that's the stopping down. And I mean, everybody's guilty of it. You know, it's like 
the beautiful thing about life is the moment that you think that you got it figured out is when it'll show you that you have no idea what you're talking about. I mean, Albert Einstein, um, Da Vinci, those people were like into the mystic. And I don't think that there's a separation of knowledge. And I think, honestly, quote unquote, really good science is kind of miraculous. You're pushing that barrier. That's the point of science is to push the barrier of the unknown. Right. But there's always more unknown out there. You don't have it figured out. Who gets more dogmatic than scientists? Yeah. I mean, if you're put your whole fucking career based around one theory and then some punk kid from the university comes along and is like, what are you going to do? Yeah. React violently. The opposition, uh, Bill Maher is a good example of that. Like a dude that I think he's funny. I guess he has funny writers, you know? Yeah. He said some funny shit to me and I agree with his feelings about like, he's really good proponent for homosexuals who I don't believe caused God to poison the Jordan river and give us Goliath babies (laughs) or whatever that fucking guy said. But dude, if you come across somebody that just is like, Oh, you went to Abilene Christian university. How quickly would you be dismissed? Right. In that circle. You know, I can't stand that shit either. Yeah. I'm glad we had that addendum to that conversation because. <laughs> well, it's it's sort of like that's that's the bigger point that I was that I was trying to make with just the the simple statement of we all have the blind spots, mm-hmm. and that's to say it's like no matter how intelligent we think we are, there is someone there is a there is a viewpoint, there is a person, there is a whatever out there that we are we are making assumptions about and we are dismissing whether we know it or not, and like. I mean, I'm, and I'm not, that's not to say like I'm more enlightened because I see that because I know I do that. You know, I know I see someone and I'll make a snap judgment about them or I generally, they have a KLIF shirt. on. <laughs> probably. Yeah. <laughs> or I hear something or, you know, like whatever, or, or, or like I said, I see someone who is hardcore atheist or who is hardcore fundamentalist. And I think there's probably nothing about you that I like, which is not true. Like it's prob- probably not true at all or at least in a lot of cases is not. So like I, I'm a victim of that as well, but I, I think that's the, that's, that's one of the greatest mistakes you can make is think that thinking that you have it all, all your shit figured out, dude, I've, and I've that there's no one out there that can teach you something. I've been at that. The beautiful thing about me, at least Zaya got there so early in life where I thought that I had it figured out. And, uh, had the rub, rug ripped out from underneath me, got all the way back up to the top of the mountain and had the rug ripped out from underneath me. It's at the point where, you know, I try to look at it as any of these fo- folks that we meet along the way. I, I feel like I have something to learn from everyone. Even that crackhead at the Bigfoot <laughs> liquor store yelling at me. And the lesson there is methamphetamines are bad for you. <laughs> exactly. Or, I think I think it's one of the reasons why I'm so drawn to Bigfoot and ghosts and all that shit because I want that pull in my life. I want that pull of like there's shit out here that I I don't know what the fuck is going on with some of this stuff. Totally. And I want I want that reminder. And I I that's entertaining that's entertainment to me 
it's better than me trying to trying to say trying to figure out politics or, or or whatever it is. I like that outlet, but I do like that constant reminder of of things that. I mean, yeah, there there are a lot of leaps of faith that you have to take when it comes to believing in any of these any of these subjects. Have we uh, have we ever discussed about my first like actual mic pop on KLIF when on Ann Carlo's show and I don't know. Harry Potter was coming out, the new Harry Potter, and Ancalo was saying, oh, this is horrible, it's a distortion, wizardry, wizardry, <laughs> witchcraft and wizardry, it's crap, nobody should ever see it, you know, taking that high horse, uppity, 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 which, man, we found out, God, how <laughs> big of a bunch of bullshit that was that that dude was throwing down, but, so he was saying all that, and I was like, are you... Are you kidding, you know, during the break or whatever? He's like, no, I don't have any time for it. This is also the man that told me that I believe Homer Simpson gives a bad, uh, is a bad representation of dads. <laughs> so I told him, I was like, dude, you don't know what you're talking about, man. Uh, and what do you mean? And he was always real confused with me because of the Abilene Christian thing and the fact that like. You know, if you want to dip down and you want to get into some textual knowledge, I'll get textual with you, man. So I went on, you know, he was like, now, I think this is all Satan stuff. But, of course, technical director, Clinton. <laughs> this year, Hogwarts will play host to a legendary event. The Triwizard Tournament. During which time a single student gets to represent his or her school in a series of magical contests. Eternal glory awaits the student who wins the tournament. I've heard enough. You can turn it off now. That's that Harry Potter stuff. You can turn it off. I'm in Carlo 570 KLIF. The Pope has come out against Harry Potter. Now, Clint, turn your mic off for just a minute. Clint is uh, our technical director on the show. You have a, a degree in th- theology, right? Yes. So you, I mean, you get all this stuff. Right, right. I get theology. Well, Pope Benedict the, what is he, 16th or something like that? Pope Benedict has come out and he says, Harry Potter books represent a subtle seduction and it is capable of corrupting young Christians. And he wrote two letters about this. Now they're published to the Catholic Churches worldwide. You're a big Harry Potter fan? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say big. I, uh, wait, I do are you going to get the book, yes or no? Yes. Have you yeah. had the other books? Yes, definitely. Have you waited in line to get the books? No. Have you gotten the books within the first 24 hours of their no. publication? No. I think when the Pope says it can seduce a, a young mind into, you know, because if you really get into the deep parts of witch, witchcraft, when you go witchcraft, I mean, you got some pretty dark stuff here. But can't Tom and Jerry corrupt young people's minds when they're chasing each other around with knives yes, and hitting each other Yes, that's why they hammers. whack each other. Like that Grand Theft Auto game I told you about two days ago. Now there's a kid who killed three people and his his uh, defense is going to be, I played Grand Theft Auto. Right. but I don't question that. There's a big difference between Grand Theft Auto, Pimpin' and Hoenn. No, nope, I don't agree with you. I don't want to get into a debate <laughs> with you. I'm just telling you I don't agree. My parents, and God bless them both. You know, when you're a kid, you don't understand what your parents are up to, right? My parents said... Just be careful of what you put in. You know, if you're going to look at it, if you're going to see it, if you're going to think about it, if you're going to listen to it, 
Make sure that what you put in is what you want in, because once it's in your head, Daryl, it's going to be in your head. It's going to be there forever. And, you know, I talked about this Duncan creep who, you know, killed that family. I talked about this BTK guy who got these fantasies. There is zero doubt in my mind that they were warped, disturbed individuals anyway. And then you get this whatever they used as their feeding uh, frenzy, their feeding mechanism. It took them to the next level. I have no question about that. For instance... If I've got friends who are always smoking pot, and I don't want to smoke pot, but I hang out with them all the time, eventually I'm going to say, what the heck, I'm just, just once I'll try it. Maybe I'll never want to try it again, but just once. Would you agree with that or not? Well, I just don't. Because you have a double major in philosophy, just, so now he's going to philosophize with No, me. I just don't think, I think that theology is mysticism. I mean, there's a mystical aspect to the Bible. I mean, in the Old Testament, there's like the witch of Endor, and there's people doing crazy things, but the... Thing about Harry Potter Never is seen a in good, a positive light. There's, there's no there, such thing as good witchcraft. Come on. You're not going to find it. Where are you going to teach me about that? Okay, well, witchcraft defined is, you know, a study of a particular religion called Wiccan or whatever. But yep. the Harry Potter thing has a positive message. Well, and again, I've seen two of the movies and I thought the movies. You know, it's fantasy, and you'll watch it, and it's like, okay, I know people are up in arms about this. I don't know why, blah, 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 blah. And the more I see the stuff that comes out, you know, putting the spells and casting the spells and conjuring up spirits and all the crap that you do— isn't that witchcraft? What's the difference between that and Jesus throwing demons into the pigs and turning water into wine? What's the difference? He was a—I mean, he was a wizard, <sighs> if you want to put a definition on it. Was he not? Was he not? Did he not perform yeah, miracles? Stop, stop, because what you're going to do is you're going to get me into a whole debate that I don't have time to get into. I can't even believe. <sighs> Look at all the phones. You freak. <laughs> Why do you do? Look at all the phones. You know what? His, his name? You want his name? Shall I give your full name and email address, you nut job? <laughs> Clint. Jesus was a wizard? Wait a minute. Harry Potter make believe based on real things within a within you know the dark side or witchcraft or whatever you want to call it. Jesus Christ would be I, I, the last time I checked would be called you know the Son of God and the Light you know things like that. He would represent the positive that is God, not a wizard casting spells. <laughs> I look. I'm not going to take any calls on this. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll bring it back tomorrow. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> look at him smiling there. Oh, I asked a question that ticked you off, did I? Thirty minutes after uh, six, it was actually an interesting spin on a funky little book series. Dark and difficult times lie ahead, Harry. Soon we must all face the choice between what is right. What is easy? And Carlo. Carlo. 570 KLIF. When I walked out of the studio that day, Lon Basin, remember Lon? Yeah. Was walking down the hallway and he looked at me and he had this big shit eating grin on his face. He was like, Jesus was a wizard, huh? He <laughs> was like, nice. I have that audio somewhere. That's really how I feel, though. That's, I mean, that's that's the other thing. Like, I, when I look at some of these guys, when I look at the Daryl and Carlos of the world, and I think, how do you go through life being that big of a wet blanket? 
You know, like how is that? How do you get any enjoyment out of your life if well, you are that much of a sourpuss about a, a, a children's book? You know, dude. But the thing is, <laughs> that I mean, I guess he gets off on that. You realize, like, I took him at his word for him being this well okay, righteous yeah. man. Yeah, you know, because he was all about from Nashville and the Christian radio and the. Amy Grant was his buddy and yeah. and you know so when we went to the Adolphus for the ghost hunt and I was lining everything up or Anne Marie had sent out the email to all of us letting us know what we had to do da 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 and I responded with like okay cool here's what I'm going to do Ron Ron's in charge of libations da 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 he's making the run of the liquor store I'll grab the cocaine Daryl you bring the hookers and I sent that out it's, you know, it's just funny. I'm just being stupid while I'm sitting there running O'Reilly or whatever. Yeah. And we show up at the Adolphus and Daryl's there with his wife. Well, that was weird, you know, and she was looking at me like not pleased with me. And Anne Marie pulled me to the side at one point and was like, you know, why she's here, right? I was like, no. She was like, because of that email you sent. It's <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? So then fast forward to when he was let go and then, you know, yeah. if you're going to call people like really get down on homosexuals, there's probably something going on there. Yeah. You know, the most anti-gay motherfuckers, they double down on that shit because they're gay. And it's that self-loathing that drives them to hate other people. And yeah. Again, I feel that's like the Septon in Game of Thrones when he's talking about like, you know, how he was a cobbler and he watched. He's talking about the people enjoying the wine and the women. He basically had drool hanging off of his lip like he was sitting there like. Jonesing for that lifestyle. Oh, yeah. Okay, now let's go to the bathroom. Pop your headphones on, man. Let me tell you something real quick. What's up? So... Just as a final aside on the dogma thing, uh huh. You know, I had recently joined Facebook, uh huh. And it was actually that day that I got all of the. Did you listen to Screenless Sasquatch Volume Four? Yes. So the, <laughs> you know, it was after that riot, in California. It was that day. I think maybe I did kind of tell you this, but. Breedlove had put up a post of the the video of all that mayhem going oh, on yeah. out there. And I just had just gotten off the phone with someone who told me that this was pretty much our Alamo. <laughs> and so in the comment section of that post, I said, it's amazing. I just had someone suggest that we should discuss on a national radio show that This was our Alamo, LOL. And someone responded immediately, fucking Democrat. And the guy (laughs) and the guy's profile picture was he's a Marine and he's, you know, looked like Scott Nickel in the desert sands of Iraq. Yeah. That was the first time someone on Facebook had just gone on blast. And I was like, welcome to Facebook. Oh, no. You know, like, (laughs) dude, you have no idea how much money and time. And the things that I've done for soldiers, so, and 
it made Seth just delete the whole fucking post. <laughs> just nuked the whole thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's Facebook for you, brother. Yeah, well. That's what it's good for, is getting into fights with people you have no reason to be fighting with. <laughs> yeah, now now all I know is that there's a really funny contingent of people who are pissed off that someone... Dadis Perry is dead. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen I actually, a little bit of that. Actually, oh, you have. I actually told David about that. That you know, apparently this is going on in one, in one Facebook group, and he goes, "Well, it's going on in multiple groups." <laughs> Caused quite a stir. I saw that. I guess it was that one post when we had our guests up here, and they posted about being in the studio with with Dadis Perry, and someone posted on there something to the effect of. Dadis Perry died many years ago. <laughs> it's like yes, 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 yes. We're yes. all aware. Yeah, I know. I've Craig wanted me to be a contributor for Cryptomundo. How's that going? And I used as my profile as Dadis Perry. <laughs> Whatever I wrote about me, like in the bio for me, it's just that Clint hosts a radio show with longtime radio partner. Matt Stoker, he also likes things. It's just yeah. something real generic and then like a quote. But I went back and started to think that what I should put is something like the contributor's Dennis Perry. Here's his picture. It says about him, you know, Dennis Perry saw more Sasquatches <laughs> than you. You know, <laughs> Clint is not Dennis Perry. Clint hosts a podcast. <laughs> just to be confusing. Yeah. Or at least like I feel people man again people ain't got no humor anymore whoever this ralph westerman guy is he's got it out for you no 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 oh dad is perry really i thought you were dead i saw your video when you spoke to the western bigfoot society well as i live and breathe <laughs> he said i love that wind river area i went up in that canopy tree crane once love your stories especially the one about the lady sasquatch that had a hankering for you wait so does this guy think he's communicating with the i don't i'm not exactly sure yeah because i thought he was just saying it sounds like he's doing a bit right like my kind of at first i thought but he but he's kept it up well but then what's the other thing though like i went to falcon what did i do i yelled at a lady squatch it's true. So it could just be a fan. Maybe. Because this sounds like something I would do, where I would talk to somebody like I was talking to the... Yeah. And then he said, Dadis, this is the third time now I've heard of different people being healed of fatal diseases by Sasquatches. <laughs> the people are friends with the Bigfoot. The Sassy touches them and their body vibrates for hours. <laughs> Then the sickness is gone. You ever heard of such a thing? My response was, I myself was healed by one. Not Nam, of course. And he just responded, amazing. <laughs> I really like, I really like Sassy as a, uh, Sassy. as a nickname for Sasquatch. The Sassy touches them. I mean... He's he's funny. He's got a meme on his Facebook page that says do not touch must be one of the scariest things to read in braille. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. 
He's got to be doing bits, right? I hope so. Because, I mean, I'm doing bits. He's doing bits. No doubt. At some point, when everyone's doing a bit, is anyone doing a bit? The whole fucking thing is a bit. <laughs> Facebook is the bit of bits. This is where you get to pretend, one, how much you love your family, country. Exactly. Other things. You force people to be an American. If you don't share this, you hate the baby Jesus. I've gotten to where anytime I see somebody share that, if you if you're truly my friend, share this, share this, or like it, or leave a leave a one word comment. I'm like delete. I'm not your friend. If your friendship is predicated on whether or not I share your post. Done. I think it's pretty safe to say that I'm not your friend. Deleting people like it's my job. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. The whole welcome to the asylum thing cracks me up. That's what Shannon texted me <laughs> whenever she saw that I had actually pulled it off. It's 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 the thing about Facebook that at first I thought I don't like... I don't like when people get themselves into sort of an echo chamber where they're only like they're only being fed the information that they want to be fed. You know what I mean? Which is what the which what a lot of the internet is. It's a fucking echo chamber. Yeah. Like you only seek out w- what you want to seek out. So at 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 a certain level I liked Facebook and I liked having all these people on here cuz it's like, oh, all these different ideas. But then you realize it's not. Then you realize, well there there's a reason why I didn't want to hear these people ideas people's ideas to begin with and so i didn't feel so bad as deleting them it's like you person who i knew in fifth grade who i would never have spoken to again because i would just never see you again right i don't need to know what's going on in your life no. I, don't, I don't need to know your opinion on the on the current political race or whatever or i certainly don't need to know that <laughs> like in, in a normal life I would not know any of those things, and I would still think about you and be like, oh, yeah, that kid was cool in fifth grade instead of knowing that you grew up to be a 30-year-old asshole. So, like, I'm perfectly fine deleting those people now. And Like, it's amazing what people will say to you again. Whoa, let's slow down about this being the Alamo, guys. <laughs> let's slow down with that goddamn Democrat. <laughs> let's maybe not compare this to a... A battle where well over a hundred people died, and uh, were <laughs> yeah, like the rallying call for freedom in our state. Don't compare it to a fucking Donald Trump rally where that woman was bird dogging people. You're not taking me seriously, are you? Well, that was one of my. That was one of my favorite parts of that, and also the most frustrating because I hear that person and I'm like, I know exactly who you are. Yes. I know I oh gosh I don't have we talked about Nextdoor are you familiar with Nextdoor? Have we talked about this? It's an app where it's like a community form or a neighborhood form basically. Uh-uh. Like you sign up and you say this is my address so I live in the, so you're connected with your neighbors. No. Um no fucking way. It is the worst. It is the worst because I you start to see what people are concerned about especially in my neighborhood which is a lot of older people. Um, not nothing against older people, but it's just it's just like you see they'll take a picture of a kid walking like you know a 
a Mexican man walking down the street. Coming, I don't know what he, where he's going or ah, where he's coming from. She's, they're bird dogging him though. They're bird dogging, and they're like suspicious activity. They all, it's always ends with a question mark, <laughs> the giant be, question mark. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know where this person came from or where they were going, but they certainly didn't seem to be a person on foot. <laughs> Literally, a woman saw a guy riding a bicycle around, like at a restaurant or something like that, like out in the parking lot. And she said, I saw this guy riding a bicycle. He didn't seem to be going anywhere in particular. And then I remembered someone saying on here about homeless people in the neighborhood. And I just thought, could this guy be homeless? And someone wrote down, so really all you're saying is you saw a man on a bicycle. Like th- that, that was the impetus for this entire thing. And you immediately jumped to this guy is a homeless scourge on the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But that's the kind of stuff that gets, that gets posted about. And it drives me nuts. At some level, I thought this will be cool because people sell things on there or they tell you about events coming up in the neighborhood or <laughs> things like that. But it's just it's just become people complaining about other people's houses or complaining about yeah, random people it, they see on the street. Like I don't want to be a part of a homeowners association no. because of that. Or as Bolton always called it, a hoa. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Kill me. We need to just run like a series of those audio clips yeah of that guy just to let people know this is what this is what we were dealing with people need on to a be daily knowing. basis well you know one of the things that uh i have is the the e-break when we were nominated for an emergency break of the week for the greg knapp show i still i, I was playing that about three weeks ago for someone I think that's one of the most brilliant things yeah they still use that uh like Jeremy still uses that drop that no <laughs> still I mean that that has to that piece of audio has to go in here now yeah and so I pulled some of Glenn Beck's interview with Kate Adams this is a woman who was diagnosed as being in this persistent vegetative state Okay, so listen very closely. Kate Adams asked here, were you in a coma, Kate? Excuse me, I need to have, uh, what's going on here, guys? We got the wrong signal up here? Yeah, there we go. Thank you very much. Let's try that again. Uh, Clint, can you please try and reload that cut number one for me? Because I think it got crossed with, uh, with another one. Is it ready to go? Can you hear it now? All right, let's try it again. Okay, please try and fix that for me. Do you have the Do you have the raw? No, I only I only have the e-break segment. The, yeah. It's time for the emergency break of the week. Yeah. Oops. Put her on all fours and marry her. What? That moment when programming is brought to a complete Not me. halt. Quit freaking doing your own show. By a wheels off comment or technical meltdown. Fat ass. Just focus, okay? This ought to be fun. Don't worry about him and focus. Let's see who yanked the break the hardest this week on the little ticket. Just Breaks brings you the emergency break of the week. We bring you three candidates, and you get to vote on them at 214-787-1310. Interesting week, and uh, I guess we get it started on our sister station, KLIF 570. Greg Knapp was trying to do his show, and he was... Messed up by Shotgun Jones, who used to yank the e-brake all the time when he was a board op here at the ticket. Knapp was trying to talk about someone who'd been through a coma before. Mm-hmm. 
and he had a, apparently some audio on this woman who'd been through a coma before and uh, was going to enlighten his audience. The problem was Shotgun Jones played something else. and <laughs> I don't know what this drop was all about, but it made for very uncomfortable radio and a big-time stop-down to the Greg Knapp Show. And so I pulled some of Glenn Beck's interview with Kate Adams. This is the woman who was diagnosed as being in this persistent vegetative state. Okay, so listen very closely. Kate Adams was asked here, were you in a coma, Kate? <laughs> Excuse me, I need to have, uh, what's going on here, guys? I've got the wrong signal up here. Yeah, there we go. Thank you very much. Let's try that again. Uh, Clint, can you please try and reload that cut number one for me? Because I think it got crossed with uh, with another one. Is it ready to go? Can you hear it now? All right, let's try it again. Okay, please try and re fix that for me. Uh, delete that and re reformat it if you need to. Let me move on to the second one, if I possibly can. Let's worry about that later. Hang on. I apologize, guys. We've been putting so much audio into this machine today. We got some things crossed. Uh, Boy, did you. Kate Adams was asked, did you have a feeding tube? <laughs> what is it? It is the most god-awful noise. It's Marge Simpson's sister. But it is one of the funniest things that could have played right there. Yeah. <laughs> because Poor Clint. It's, it's funny because it... It's plausible that that is what someone coming out of a coma would sound like. <laughs> yes. Gosh. What a meltdown that was. All right. Candidate number two is from the Dunham and Miller Morning Show. It's a guy by the name of Junior Miller. All right. Oh, now what did I do? Now, what, well, what's yeah, going yeah, on here? This is crazy. Well, Monday in Gordo's Corner, Gordo was trying to give an account of coming out to visit my family at the lake over the weekend. And Gordo was talking about this property that he went and looked at that was overlooking Hell's Gate that had a 90-foot <laughs> drop-off. Yeah. It's pretty wild stuff. And then Junior thought that would be a good property for something. Sweetheart, if we ever have a whole passel of kids, I don't think this is really rated toddler safe. <laughs> It sounds like a good killing cliff. Yeah, it was. And I was like, uh, uh, Terry Shivo's husband would love to wheel her out there. Anyway, so I went out and saw George. <laughs> George, are you having problems? <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> So what's the e-break? My joke or your flatulence? I think Not it's George's me. flatulence. Yeah, clearly you. Stopped everything down. Clearly you, sir. Why, why were you all on that? Just Were you trying to come up with different ways for Terry Schiavo's husband to, uh, <laughs> to offer that day? Yeah, we just talked about some other things that we had heard. About the little laser dot being trained on her head in the hospital room, and then they'd turn back and look at him, and he was putting something behind his back real quick. Gosh. Trying to force feed her a hunger buster? Yeah, trying to stuff a DQ hunger buster down her throat and choke her. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, well, that's Junior Miller up for an e-break. Also up for an emergency break of the week from Team Hardline. Greg the Hammer Williams. All oh, right. well, all right. Yeah, no one told me he worked here. Uh -uh. Well, yeah, he works here, and uh, they were talking about the uncomfortable subject of constipation the other day, and um, Grego unfortunately had this line. 
I thought nobody liked to talk about it. But everybody no, laughs at it. Constipation, yeah, constipation is different. Yeah, it's the complete opposite. You're right. That is polar opposite. Boy, it is, isn't it? Yes. Everybody likes to talk about everybody constipation. Right. Talk about it. All right. I want to hear this again. Go away. <laughs> you know what the definition of constipation is, don't you? Oh, here we go. Go ahead. Trying to get a square meal through a round hole. I think everybody quit. This Thursday night, it's... <laughs> it was a commercial. <laughs> that was a funny joke. I love the laughing in the background. <laughs> the engineer or something. All right, so those are your three candidates to vote on at 214-787-1310. Greg Knapp, Junior Miller, or Greg the Hammer Williams at 214-787-1310. First one to five wins. Hi, you're on the ticket. Who wins the Ebrick? Junior Miller. Oh, Happy God. Junior. Okay, oh, hi, thank sweetie. you very much. Thank you, thank you for that bet. vote. You bet. Hi, you're on the ticket. Who wins the emergency break? Well, I'd like to vote for Junior Miller. Oh, it's Paul Harvey. Oh. Hey, Paul. Oh, hey. <laughs> oh, he's about to say good day. Hi, you're on the ticket. Who wins? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, Greg Knapp vote there. <laughs> hi, you're on the ticket. That weird audio on Greg Knack's show, that was actually uh, exclusive secret audio from a Dikembe Mutombo sex tape. Okay. <laughs> Is that a Greg Knapp vote or not? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Hi, you're on the ticket. Secret audio from a Dikembe Mutombo oh, yeah. uh, yeah. sex tape. Hi, you're on the ticket. The Chinese definition, Hung Chow. Okay, that's a great Greg Greg vote. vote. That's pretty gross. Hello, you're on Ticket Radio. What the hell was that? Is that the one? Hi, you're on the ticket. Who wins the e-break? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks for the Grego vote. Hi, you're on the ticket. Sweet Grego. Let me hear from you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Three for Grego, two for Junior, and two for Greg Knapp. Hi, you're on the ticket. Who wins the emergency break? Oh, boy. Did it win? Not yet, but you're getting close. (laughs) Oh, boy. Hi, you're on Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. I like to place a vote for Junior. You're not allowed okay. to listen to the station. You're too young. <laughs> we count his vote, though. That's three for Junior. Hi, you're on the ticket. Uh, That's a Greg Knapp vote. Uh, <laughs> hi, you're on the ticket. Hello? Yes, how you doing today? Good. I'd like to vote for sweet Greg O. All right! Yeah! Yeah! There you go. There you go. Ever win for Greg O for... This line, when talking about constipation. I thought nobody liked to talk about it. But everybody no, laughs at not, it. Constipation, yeah, constipation is different. It is. It's the complete opposite. You're right. That is polar opposite. Boy, it is, isn't it? Yes. Everybody likes to talk about constipation. Right. Talk about it. All right. I want to hear this again. go away. <laughs> you know what the definition of constipation is, don't you? Oh, here we go. Go ahead. Trying to get a square meal through a round hole. I think everybody quit. This Thursday night, it's... <laughs> okay, but that was a decent joke. Isn't well, Greg Knapp's more of the classic definition of emergency? Not according to the voters. Not according to the voters. 
Jeez. All right, just for grins, can we hear the Greg Knapp meltdown again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's so darn funny. And so I pulled some of Glenn Beck's interview with Kate Adams. This is the woman who was diagnosed as being in this persistent vegetative state. Okay, so listen very closely. Kate Adams was asked here, were you in a coma, Kate? <laughs> Excuse me, I need to have, uh, what's going on here, guys? I've got the wrong signal up here. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Thank you very much. Let's try that again. Uh, Clint, can you please try and reload that cut number one for me? Because I think it got crossed with uh, with another one. Is it ready to go? Can you hear it now? All right, let's try it again. Okay, please try and refix that for me. Refix it. Uh, delete that and re reformat it if you need to. Boy, reformat it. Take care of it. Radio can talk. Do that. <laughs> delete it, then reformat it. All right, but that didn't win. Grego won, and uh, where does that put him all time there? Big Fernando? win, 22nd win all time, now into third place by himself. He passed Norm today. <laughs> really? Yes. All right, a significant win for Greg the Hammer Williams. I've never been in a situation where I was laughing hard, but at the same time when he's like, Clint, is it is it ready to go, guys? And can I was we, like, no. Can we reformat this? Reformat <laughs> it. What does that even mean? <laughs> reformat this and... Yeah, the Terry Shavo situation. That was such a perfect storm. You mean just in general or that audio that clip? audio That audio clip. Oh, yeah. Like you, so you, many random things had to come together for that to work out that way. It's it's one thing that, like, I haven't talked to Shotgun in um, probably a year and a half, maybe. But oh. we could be, like, 90, and we will always be blood brothers because we experienced <laughs> that storm together. Because... There was that weird thing where it was like mislabeled, you know, and it was that, you know, we had that Enco screen in the host studio. So he was the one that was hitting it. That's why he kept hitting it. It wasn't yeah. like shotgun was playing it because we would have just been like, no, obviously there's something wrong with that. Let's not keep touching it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I assume what happened was it got recorded over, but the label was the same because Never it hadn't changed. been refreshed right on his end. Yeah, or I don't even know if... Or if the label just never got changed. Again, guys, I'm, I apologize, America. We've been putting so much audio in this computer. <laughs> Dude, see, I have so much of that raw stuff on my... On an older hard drive that crashed. Yeah. And the only reason that I have that hard drive is my goal is to try to take it somewhere to see if someone can clean it up enough that I can pull that audio off. Cause yeah. So much of our radio shit is on there. Like, so much of it. And I mean, sure, I'll be fine if I never have it again. But it would be like, oh my god, That'd be treasure trove. It would be. We would. It would be. I, I have. I mean, I have a folder in Gmail that's just labeled funny. And it's all just, you, you, d just dumb stuff that's come from. You and <clears> I both. That we've pulled. And I, I, and I go through it every few months and just listen to some of the things back. Because if there was ever a time in your life when you feel like things may not be going so great you could always remember holy crap so many of those Jeff Bolton moments Jeff Bolton mornings weekdays 5 to 9 a.m. <laughs> this is not this is not your normal talk show this is not a place where 
If I sense you disagreeing, I put you on hold and whack you off. You're off the line or whatever. Jeff Bolton. We bring it to you next. In the meantime, why won't Hillary Clinton quit? Sometimes you just have to say, what the fuck? I'm really struggling right now. This is Talk Radio 570 KLIF. Magical. Magical. (laughs) Magical. There was so much that was going on so much of the time. I mean, that dude drove Ducky out of radio. So you came in. Mm-hmm. Dude. I mean, not not to not to besmirch anyone, but I'll, I'll go back and listen to that stuff. And I and it always seeps into my head. Market five. Market five. Market five. Morning drive. Jeff Bolton mornings. Weekdays five to nine a.m. Kinky Society wants to run as a Democrat. You wish you'd have thought about it. Kinky Freeman could Kinky Derockstra. Kinky. What is it going to be? Freeman and Bolton for the election. It'd be, be you and him. He'd kick your tail. Kinky Derockstra. <laughs> Jeff Bolton. You're absolutely right. Pro Obama. No, wrong. Wrong. No. Pro Obama. <laughs> Cynthia, you have lost your mind. Sometimes you just have to say, "What the fuck." <laughs> this is Talk Radio 570 KLIF. And this is what's going on. The dead air that was <laughs> that was happening. Look, let's be honest. <laughs> the guy that was brought in there to be in charge, God bless him, was so far in over his head. Mm-hmm. So far. The crazy thing is, is there was a... It was a two-person race there for that hosting gig. Malsberg and this guy, the one who scored it. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure which, you know, what who had the final vote in that thing, but the uh you know, the angle of being local was the big selling point. Would I mean, would Malsberg have moved here or was yeah. he Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. And I mean, he flew down and yeah. you know, brought Marie and you know, his wife worked at CNN. If I had played my cards, I'm not going to say if I played my cards right, because obviously I didn't want those cards to be played. But, you know, if I wore pants more, uh, that was just such a odd time in that when you're taken over by your sister station in some way, shape or form and then. But yeah, and I mean, you know, I love the guy. Went to many battles with him. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, he's a jack wagon. Let's not <laughs> let's not get it twisted. Um, There's an earnestness about him that's endearing. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I mean, hey, he was burning the candle at both ends just as much as I was. We were fighting a very, very uphill battle. To be honest with you, it's impressive that we did as well as we did because we did do well. Mm-hmm. I mean, to think, what would that station give for, you know, a nine? Right. Yeah. Let alone just a steady three eight. You're two in the market, but the other two are way behind you. Yeah. I mean, I still feel like that stuff that we did from Baghdad was was impressive. Yeah.
We're preparing to get into a convoy going out into Baghdad, of course, and into Fallujah. Our security folks are coming over here and give us a brief. Good morning, gents. My name's Scott. I'm going to be the vehicle commander today. A couple of points on the route and intelligence. Basically, incidents that's happened on route. It's been predominantly small arms fire. There's been a threat of um, IEDs on route. From route, we do start receiving any small arms fire. But try your best to make yourself as small a target as possible. Uh, are there any questions at all on anything I've covered? Brilliant. Okay, let's uh, let's get ready to go. We're, uh, we're roaring down the road with Suburbans all around us. We're on the equivalent of Northwest Highway. Thousands of cars uh, stretched out in front of us across three lanes. These guys get agitated, and I mean fast. They're looking out the windows. Their heads are on a swivel. We were going face-to-face, these three vehicles with us in the middle, people firing RPGs out of windows. It's like Mad Max. We zipped back over into our own lane, and it, somehow, some way, we made it through. Boy, a car chase and a car experience like we've never seen. Listen each morning, 5 till 9, as Jeff Bolton brings you closer to the news than you've ever been before. Brought to you by CC Carpet, Star Power, Texas Landing and stimulating talk 570 KLIF. And if there's one thing that I do very well, it's the production. And I can make even the biggest dolt sound marginally entertaining. Some days are harder than others. Speaking of that, the Craig Woolheater interview. <laughs> Just kidding. I'll have to read you an email real quick. You, you notice the. Uh, the the Sasquatch Mafia line, yeah, w- w- got kind of a, a lot of traction, <sighs> and uh, it, our buddy w- was there anything behind that, or was that just fooling? What do you mean? Is there anything behind there? Are there you GD? Well, know that there's a fucking Sasquatch Mafia. Well, I know, but I'm saying, have have they have have we been targeted for a hit by the Sasquatch you, you, Mafia? You know what was occurring. You know what is occurring. It goes on constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jarrah's email, Bigfoot Mafia, no laughing matter. <laughs> Who is the godfather of the Bigfoot Mafia? Who are his capos? What about the soldiers? Does the Bigfoot Mafia have associate syndicates as allies in the fight to suppress the Sasquatch liberation? <laughs> Freedom fighters. When I talk to the USF and the NPS people about Squatch, they always have an official opinion and an unofficial opinion. The later only shared with a very select few. It all smacks of dark ops and secret societies. The Illuminati, Koch brothers, and Disney. Maybe you should suck up to the Bigfoot Mafia and become the SLFF's Matahari? It would be dangerous. But you're a crazy-ass Texan cut from that old-school Texas cloth. May get spooky-dookie, and you may even have to off the Bigfoot Mafia godfather. But if you do, Clinton, remember, you had a damn good reason. Let me know if you need any help. I used to train ninjas and have saddle-broke a metric-ass ton of unicorns. (laughs) Glad you survived the car accident, but we both know it was an assassination attempt. Just like General Patton. <laughs> Jarrah. Codename, the dude. Had to read that because, again. To bring it all back around. To the. Uh, it's so funny. Um, I told him. He was like, hey, man, are you okay? I nerfed, you know. I was like, dude, you're not going to believe this, but get fucking pink eye in both eyes. Had the glowing red eyes <laughs> and uh he sent me a picture of a grow house it was like i recommend some of 
<laughs> this medicine. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. I fucking love you, dude. And I just read this email. And my response to you on the podcast. Live email. Ha! It's happening. <laughs> it's happening. To bring it also all the way back around. Jesus. You got that right, man. <laughs> Nobody fucks with the Jesus. You pull a piece on the lens on me, I'll take it away from you, shove it up your ass, and pull the trigger till it goes click. Jesus. <laughs> you said it, man. Nobody fucks with the Jesus. Jesus. can roll, man. Yeah, but he's a pervert, dude. No. He's a sex offender with a record. He did six months of Chino for exposing himself to an eight-year-old. When he moved to Hollywood, he had to go door-to-door to to tell everyone he was a pederast. What's a pederast, Walter? Shut the fuck up, Donnie. So, how much did they give you? 20 grand, man. And of course, I still get to keep the rug. Just for making the handle? Yeah. They gave uh, do the beeper. Also, whenever these guys call. What if it's during a game? Oh, I told them uh, if it was during league play. What's during league play? Life uh, does not stop and start you know, at your convenience, you I, miserable uh, piece of shit. I, I figure. What's wrong uh, with Walter, dude? Uh, I figure it's easy money, you know. It's all pretty harmless. She probably kidnapped herself. Huh? Oh. What do you mean, dude? Rug peers did not do this. Look at it. A young trophy wife marries this guy for his money. She figures uh, he hasn't given her enough. You know, she owes money all over town. Oh, fucking! It's all bitch. goddamn fake, man. It's like Lennon said: you look for the person who will benefit, and uh, uh, you know, uh, I am the walrus. You know, you'll. Uh, uh, well, you know what I'm trying to say? I am the walrus. That's fucking bitch. Oh, yeah. I am the walrus. That's ex- Shut the fuck up, Donnie. V.I. Lennon. Vladimir Ilyich Ulyanov. What the fuck is he talking about? Fucking exactly what happened. Those, oh, that yeah. makes me fucking sick. Well, what do you care, Walter? Those rich fucks. This whole fucking thing. I did not watch my buddies die face down in the muck so that this fucking strumpet, this Walter, fucking whore, could waltz around Vietnam, man. Well, there isn't literal connection, no, Walter, dude. face it. There isn't any connection. You're have it your way, but my your point role. is, that my point your is, are you ready to be fucked, man? I see you roll your way into the semis. 
Dios mío, man. Liam and me, we're gonna fuck you up. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Let me tell you something, Pandeo. You pull any of your crazy shit with us, you flash a piece out on the lanes, I'll take it away from you and stick it up your ass and pull the fucking trigger till it goes click. Jesus. You said it, man. Nobody fucks with the Jesus. Eight-year-olds, dude. You know, you were talking about your neighborhood association app and everything and yeah. the getting to know your neighbors. It reminded me that. <laughs> uh, it was when you and I were working together. I can't I, I can't imagine that I wouldn't have shared this it would have been right around there. It may have been before you were on the morning show, but we had somebody on the show that was talking about, you know, the Texas had just come up with that you know, database where like you had to register mm-hmm. and like you could just go online and put your address in and it would like show you like a Google maps of all the child molesters and sexual predators that you had living in your neighborhood. Yeah. And I looked and I was just like, holy shit, you know, like at Lake Highlands. So I <laughs> one, uh, one morning after the show was over, I like type this thing up that just like, and it was just big words across it, and it just said "petter ass." <laughs> and I printed like fifty of them, and I drove around the neighborhood in those people's houses on the ad- the address list. I just drive in and tape the "petter ass" to their <laughs> mailbox. <laughs> I mean, the people need to know he's a sex offender he's a with a record. Eight year olds, dude. <laughs> Eight year olds. No, seriously. He's a sex offender with a record. He served five years in Chino for exposing himself to an eight-year-old. Eight-year-olds, dude. It's good stuff right there. I just need to go and sit and watch that movie again. Yeah. Well, it was on the other day because it was on Thursday, Friday. I've been wanting to sit down and watch American movie again, too. That is maybe... That may be my favorite documentary. That is such a brilliant... See, see, now here we are so far away, and I wanted to have a whole conversation with you about King of Kong. Oh, yeah. Because it was well, the Donkey Kong anniversary. Yeah. I'll have to people do are missing out. <laughs> Please, people, tell the Sasquatch Mafia to back off. I, can't, I get it. I get your messages, okay? Your message has been received. Between that and the fucking crank coalition of East Texas. Mm-hmm. Looking at that lady, it made me think, lady, shit. Looking at that, it made me think about what Jerry said about that place in Falk that they were driving around and they were trying to figure out where the old Cersei house was or whatever. And he thought he was looking at one, but it was abandoned. And he was like pulling his camera out to take a picture of it. And then he thought he saw like a movement and there was basically like a ghost in the window and it was yeah. skeleton crankhead. That stuff that's scarier than any Dude, Sasquatch. You goddamn right. <laughs> those because those folks. If there is anything that's gonna get us closer to the zombie apocalypse, it's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
because you emaciated, eat your brain away. You go completely batshit crazy because you never sleep. So all of that, all of that, all, all of what you're supposed to be, the chemicals that you're supposed to be dreaming with, your real life in it, you'll never trip harder than you ever will if you snort rails, buddy. Rails of blue ice. Stay away from it, people. God almighty. But, you know, at that cemetery, I did get an EVP at the cemetery. Oh, you didn't tell me that. It it was a gunshot. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anybody out here? (laughs) Okay, I'm leaving now. damn right there is. Yeah. I mean, after getting screamed at about getting off my goddamn property... Like you said, that's scarier than any fucking Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. I think that's all. Cut it.
Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.